You're listening to the Be a Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 157. So how do high-achieving lawyers break through generations of being taught that we have to grind ourselves into the ground to get results for clients, build a successful business, and create a life we love? While law schools are busy teaching the rule of law, they're slacking on teaching us how to be a better human to create for ourselves the success we thought we'd achieve after law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. Hello, my friend. How are you doing today? I hope you are enjoying the summery weather that's happening right now, at least in my part of the world. It is very summery, very warm here in California. Today, we are digging in to some of the mental drama that keeps us stuck, the drama that keeps us making poor decisions or no decision at all, the drama that keeps us overwhelmed and working too hard without the results that we want, and the drama that makes us feel plain bad. So this is going to help you get unstuck. Before we get started, I want to invite you to watch my special masterclass for lawyers called Calendar Management 101. It's probably the most amazing masterclass I've done yet. I say that about every single one because they just keep getting better and better. During this video, I walk you step by step through all the mental blocks that are preventing you from getting things done in your practice, and I help you get super organized so you can start accomplishing more of what's most important to you. You can download the video at dinacataldo.com forward slash calendar 101. That's dinacataldo.com forward slash calendar, the numbers 101. Okay, so what I want to talk to you about today will give you a brand new perspective on everything. And when I was thinking about this episode, I was reminded of The Labyrinth with David Bowie and Jennifer Connelly. So David Bowie is the Goblin King who constructs this elaborate world to trap Jennifer. He's twisting and turning the world around her and she's fighting her circumstances at every turn. Every time she fights it, the game gets harder and harder. And once she realizes that she has control of her thoughts and how she interprets what's happening, then he doesn't have power over her anymore. She looks at him and she says, you have no power over me. And suddenly the world he'd constructed to ensnare her just falls apart. In plain English, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are in our life, in our practice, we have control of how we think about our circumstances. We ultimately have the power. If we fight against the circumstances, we're going to be trapped in a cycle. That's what that stuck feeling is. If we accept the circumstances and learn that the real power is how we perceive the circumstances and change ourselves to face them, that's when we create the biggest change in our life. That's when our results begin to skyrocket. With that in mind, I want to talk to you about four circumstances that lawyers face every single day and how learning to think differently about them will improve your outcomes. Number one, you are not always going to know things. This is a fact, and that's okay. But a lot of lawyers make this fact mean something about themselves, and it keeps them stuck. They make it mean a few things. 
I should know this by now. I don't know what I'm doing. They are going to think I don't know what I'm doing. If I ask them for help or someone for help, I should be able to figure this out on my own. I didn't pull these thoughts out of a hat. I've thought every single one of these thoughts at one time or another, and anytime I did, it did not serve me. I didn't get the knowledge I needed to do my job to the best of my ability. I didn't ask for the help I needed to change my life. And all of these thoughts created insecurities and uncertainty uncertainty about my capabilities. They highlighted my fear of judgment, of not being good enough. And that was another thought that I had, that I just wasn't good enough. I was looking outside of myself for approval instead of asking for what I needed, no matter what others might think. A lot of lawyers I coach don't want to ask for help. It's foreign to them, just like it was to me. It's scary to them because it feels vulnerable. When we are vulnerable, we open ourselves up to the potential to feel more pain. But we also open ourselves up to amazing opportunities. Once I started allowing myself to feel the fear and ask for help anyway, a whole world opened up to me. Work became easier. Friendships became easier. My whole life became easier. Feeling fear and insecurity was definitely something I had to sit with when I signed up for my first coach, right? I had all the thoughts that maybe I should know what they're going to talk to me about. Maybe I'm not doing things in my life right. They're going to judge me. But once I allowed myself to ask for help, even while feeling all those feelings, I was going to get the help I needed. I was committed to getting the help that I needed. And this was really a breakthrough for me when I had to ask for help getting to doctor's appointments when I was 29 and I had, you know, I needed help getting to chemotherapy appointments. So I had to ask people for help and that was totally foreign to me because I was always taught I should be able to do things on my own. I shouldn't rely on anyone. But once I did that, I opened up the possibilities of creating friendships, stronger friendships and ones that were longer lasting. So Knowing what I know now, changing my mindset sooner would be a huge thing that I would change. And this is something that if you're open to it and allowing yourself to feel uncomfortable, you are going to make change for yourself. Instead of beating yourself up for not knowing something or feeling weak because you need help, ask yourself if you can feel the fear and the insecurity and ask anyway. Even if you don't get the response you'd hoped for, if you have your own back and don't make their response mean anything about you personally, then you're better off than you were if you'd never asked at all. Having your own back is a necessary ingredient in trusting yourself, and we have to practice it to get better at it. Okay, number two, you're not always going to get everything on your to-do list done. This is a fact, and that's okay. We feel stuck when we make not getting it all done mean something about us or our abilities. Maybe you think the thoughts, I should be working harder. I should work more. I'm not working hard enough. If I were working harder, I'd be caught up. I would have gotten it all done. Thinking these kinds of thoughts is really common. We're taught to work hard to prove our worthiness from childhood. We're told, at least in the States, I know I have a lot of international listeners, we're taught that if you know we work hard, we're going to be successful. It makes sense that if we don't feel successful now, that we would believe there's a problem and that we're not working hard enough. 
So when you feel stuck in the hamster wheel of work, if you feel overwhelmed or anxious, ask yourself if you're thinking one of these thoughts or something like them. This was a really big mental shift in my coaching business because I was working really hard, but I wasn't seeing results. And I picked up this work ethic from my parents who had a business. I worked they worked really hard and I worked really hard all the time. Like, I mean, the only vacation we ever had when I was growing up was a three-day trip to Massachusetts for my great-grandmother's funeral. I'm not kidding here. When I wasn't in school or doing activities for school, I was working in my dad's comic book store. I have forgotten more about comic books, first appearances, and special editions than most comic book nerds will ever know, FYI. Anyway, back to my coaching business. I was working really hard doing all the things, working on my website, getting professional pictures, posting on all the social media accounts, emailing my list, doing all the webinars, going to all the conferences, making all the videos, starting a podcast. And when I wasn't doing all of those things, I was thinking about all the things I should be doing, right? It was never enough. (laughs) Reminds me of that dog on Instagram. It's never enough. What I discovered was that I needed constraint Instead of working harder or longer hours, I needed to decide ahead of time where I was using my time and use it in a way that left me feeling fueled instead of drained. I focused on only the activities that felt like fuel. I limited them to four. I spent more time journaling my thoughts to think more thoughtfully about my clients' problems. And when I did that and dumped all the busy work, I started having five-figure months in my coaching practice. I was more impactful when I worked less. And if I didn't get everything on my to-do list done, that was okay. I don't make it mean that anything has gone wrong. It just means that it didn't get done. All of the most important things did. How do I know? Those things got done. And not only that, I didn't feel so stretched thin. When we are in this mindset of never having it enough, never doing enough, never being enough, we feel thin. We're not substantive. When we are constrained, when we are focused on our clients, when we are focused on getting results in our business in a way that's from service and not just from the doing, we feel more grounded. It feels really good. But when we are working from a place of overwhelm, when we are feeling thin, we're not going to be as impactful. Number three, you're not always going to hit your goals. This is a fact and it's okay. The other day on Instagram, I was talking about how I didn't hit one of my goals. And if you're not hanging out with me there, I post lots of good stuff there. Go to at Dina.Cataldo and follow me. Anyway, not hitting our goals happens. It's okay. Where we can get stuck is when we begin making not hitting our goals mean something about ourselves or our ability to hit our goals. Maybe we make it mean that we don't know what we're doing, that we're never going to make it happen, or that we're not working hard enough. You notice a pattern here? Our brain naturally wants to default to the past to determine our future. It's calculating possibilities, not 
probabilities. And it's designed to be super conservative because it's designed to keep us alive. And by conservative, I mean that it wants us to feel good. So it naturally wants us to experience more things that feel good. But not achieving goals doesn't feel good. It can feel like disappointment and shame. It's anticipating failure. (laughs) If we fail once, we think, oh, we don't want to feel that again. Our brain wants to avoid those feelings, feelings like the disappointment and the shame. So it tells us things. It says things like, well, I tried, or that's okay. These are really sneaky thoughts because they almost seem like a pat on the back, right? Like, hey, I tried. But if you're honest with yourself, they feel horrible. They feel deflating. They sound like Eeyore in the Winnie the Pooh cartoons. What's really happening when we say these things is that we're trying to push away the disappointment and shame of not achieving what we thought we'd accomplish. Another thing that I see lawyers do is look to their past to determine their future. Their brain defaults to, well, I couldn't do it this month, so I probably won't do it next month. And then there's another favorite brain trap of mine that I used to fall into all the time, and it created a lot of anxiety. That trap is, well, I didn't achieve my goal this month, so I'll add on to my next month's goal to make up for it. It was like I was putting heavier and heavier weights on my shoulders before I could lift the smaller weights. These three thought errors, one, the well, I tried thoughts, two, the I couldn't do it before, so I can't do it thoughts, and three, piling the weight on thoughts are going to prevent you from hitting your goals. So what can you do? First off, know it's okay to feel disappointment. It's not going to swallow you. It's important to feel disappointment so you can clear that feeling up and start over again. This is what I work on with my clients. Once they understand that there's nothing to fear about disappointment, then they can get through it and they can remind themselves of their commitment to their goals. And they trust themselves to never give up, even if they don't achieve their goals on the first try. Remember, trusting ourselves is a practice. That is something, a muscle, that we've got to just practice over and over and over again. Also, know that our past does not determine our future. If the Wright brothers had given up on creating the plane after the first test flights crashed and burned, they wouldn't have invented a machine that's changed people's lives. The growth isn't in trying something once. The work is staying committed to something that you want and trying over and over again until you create your desired result. And last... Piling all the weights on your back to create more pressure is not going to help you create the result you want. It saps your brain power to think creatively about why you're not creating the outcome that you want. I experienced this firsthand by working harder and harder and not getting the result that I wanted. But once I lifted the weights and constrained my thoughts like I talked about earlier, everything changed in my business. It felt more fun. It felt lighter. I created more clients. This, it was so clear to me that it was working. And four, this is circumstance number four I'm moving into. You are not always going to feel certain. This is a fact and that's okay. In fact, I will add on that most times you are not going to feel certain. Our brains think something has gone wrong when we are uncertain. (laughs) The opposite is true. We are supposed to have uncertainty. Let me say that again. We are supposed to feel uncertainty. 
When we get ourselves stuck is when we make choices from uncertainty. We actually live hand in hand with uncertainty every single day, but we choose when to have faith and ignore the uncertainty. We have faith that we'll wake up in the morning. We have faith that we'll live long enough to enjoy the house remodel we're doing. We have faith that our car will be parked in the same place it was parked when we saw it last. None of these things are certainties. Yet we choose to ignore the uncertainty and just go. We pay for the remodel. We park our car. We go to bed. We had faith that we'd get a job out of law school. So we paid six figures to go to law school. Most of us did. (laughs) We had faith that the certificate we got at the end would mean that we would get a good paying job. So when we see our brain go to uncertainty and not knowing, then we should expect it. It's a fact. But the mindset shift that we need to make to get the results that we want is to make decisions from already having the result instead of sitting in uncertainty. What do I mean? When you chose to go to law school, you made that decision from having the result of the job in mind. When you chose to invest in the home remodel, you made that decision from having the result of sitting in your new kitchen or enjoying your new bathroom in mind. That's where we need to make our decisions. When we think about the result that we want and having it, then we override uncertainty. We're always going to feel uncertain. We stay stuck when we expect that the uncertainty shouldn't be there. So we put off decisions or we don't make them at all or we question ourselves and we think, oh, I must not really know the answer here. If you want to change anything in your life, make decisions from the place of already enjoying your result. And Sometimes I'll talk to lawyers and they don't trust their decisions. They don't have faith in themselves, but that's normal. Like they think something has gone wrong, but that is the default state of our brain. We override the uncertainty when we are making decisions from already having the result that we want. Anytime you're feeling uncertainty, nothing has gone wrong. That is how you are supposed to feel. All it means is you are not making decisions from a place of already having what you want. So you just have to question yourself, where am I making this decision from? Am I making this decision from my higher self, the person who already has the future vision of myself? Or am I choosing to stay stuck by swimming in uncertainty? All right. Quick roundup of the mindset shift so this is really going to help you sink this into your brain. Number one, asking for help is going to open up opportunities for you. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you don't know what you're doing. It just means that you are choosing to ask for help and get the help that you need so that you can get the result that you want. Two, you don't need to get everything on your to-do list done. Being more constrained in your work makes you more impactful. Number three, if you don't hit your goals, it doesn't mean anything about you. Remind yourself of your commitment and keep going. Number four, certainty is an illusion. When we make decisions from already having the result that we want, we make decisions that will make it more likely that we are going to get the result that we want. 
with these mindset shifts, you are going to start seeing big changes in how you run your practice, how you live your life, and how you feel every single day. You are going to feel lighter, you're going to feel more open, and you are going to have more possibility. All right, if you want help with this, I am here for you. Book a call with me to learn how we can work together. You can book that call at dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. That's dinacataldo.com forward slash strategy session. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you soon. Bye.